Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hoop. I'm your host, Chris Farmstead, and with me is my wonderful co-host, Jack. And if you guys are really interested, check out his Twitch. Uh, I, I'm Sharky. Uh, it's me, Shark. It's, it's underscore Shark. me, underscore Shark. All right, so guys, make sure to check him out. He's going to be with us for the continuation, really. Uh, glad to have you back, Jack. How was your uh, week this week? It was all right. Just slow. It's how I feel every day. Every day. <laughs> so, right into it. We're at the... I wouldn't say halfway point in the season. We're more like, what, 65, 70% of the way through, roughly. Mm-hmm. And we have some interesting, and just where teams are at right now, uh, all-star break is um, is interesting. So we'll start with the East. Uh, sitting at the top of the conference, uh, tied for first is Miami and Chicago. Uh, two really great teams. They've played really well so far throughout the season. They're at 38 and 21. Did you expect either one of these teams to be where they're at right now? Honestly, not really, no. I would. I knew the Bulls would be in that top five selection, but I didn't expect the Heat to be tied for first place. I thought they'd be around like the 7 to 10 section. They would be in the play-in area. Yeah. And, and mind you, they they both had, you know, decent off-seasons. Miami's still retaining a lot of their players, um, good talent. They didn't have Bam Adebayo for quite a while, him coming back. And plus, their role players have been doing really well. And Chicago had an amazing off-season, doing phenomenal things, picking up Ball, DeRozan, um, and so many other core players that have just helped that team put – and put them in a spot where they're in the top top two. So hopefully they both can continue. I know it would be interesting to see how that goes. Filling out the rest of the top eight, you have Philadelphia, Philadelphia and Cleveland tied for third with a 30, both with a 35 and 23 record. Now, Philly, I could have seen in the top four. But Cleveland, I was not. Cleveland, um, hang on. Is my audio loud? No, it's fine. Okay. Anyway, uh, Cleveland, I did not expect this at all. I thought they were going to be in the last place or, like, around there where the Knicks are now. But it's just a surprising young team. I think with, you know, Jared Allen, Colin Sexton, and just acquiring Karis LeVert. And I think that team is going to maintain at least a top six opportunity where they don't have to be a part of the playing tournament. Because right now there's they're playing so well, I don't see them dropping that far. The only teams that I could see – would be if Brooklyn decided to keep playing hard and move up, and same with Toronto. But mm-hmm. it's just they've Cleveland has been playing so well right now, and honestly, they blew my expectations out of the water so far this season. And especially the All Star Darius Garland. Yeah, and Darius Garland has been playing phenomenal basketball this season. Congrats to him getting that All Star nod to be a part of it. Um, and then the rounding up the last six, top six, you have Milwaukee and you have Boston. I think Milwaukee needs, they've been kind of coasting right now because I don't think a lot of them expect to repeat as champ, as NBA champions, which I can kind of see, but still when you best players in the game, and Giannis, and you still have great shooters in Middleton and Holiday, you should at least be in the top four. I was thinking they'd be in the top three. Like they are, a, they don't aren't a championship. They aren't a championship te- uh, team. But uh, Giannis 
is a championship player. He is, and I just don't think that – I think they are coasting to a point to where they – I want to see if they do push to a better spot, you know, a top four. That way they'll have home court advantage for at least the, the little bit. But I also think they're in a comfortable spot where they can still play great basketball. And like I said before, I don't think – Anyone right now sees them as a they're going to return to the finals. Yeah. Because right now all eyes are still on uh Chicago playing their best basketball, uh possible MVP this year and B with the Sixers, and who knows what the rest of the East holds. And then you round off the top ten. With Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Atlanta. Toronto at 32 and 25, been playing good up north. Not as strong as what you would think, but they've been playing basketball. Brooklyn falling to eighth at 31 and 28 after just picking up Ben Simmons, which I honestly don't feel like would make much of a difference to that team, no matter what. And then Charlotte, Atlanta, Charlotte, both teams falling under 500, but still in the realm of the play-in tournament. Do you see... And if... And rounding bottom set, and then you see, you know, the only close teams that could maybe push for a play-in spot would be the Wizards and the Knicks. Those are the only two, and honestly, I don't even think the Knicks should have a play-in spot. Remember when they were, like, good last year? (laughs) Yeah, they were top three seed. But they just fallen off. I have never seen that big of a drop in my entire life from a team that I was, was so them to go to finals. They were a team that were good last year, and they didn't. I don't think they did anything in the off season, and they still managed to. What I can only think of is a loss for words moment. Is New York is now more focused on the Nets than they are the Knicks. Yeah. I think at some point Spike Lee is just going to invest in the Knicks and be like, we're redoing everything. Mm -hmm. But Washington still, and with the pickup of Porzingis, I could see them trying to push because even Atlanta right now is not doing so hot. And you also... I want to talk about uh, Atlanta for a minute. All right. One of my favorite players in the league right now, Trey Young. He is carrying this team. Like, I mean, yeah, you have Josh Collins and Clint Cabela, but Trey is holding the team on his back right now. I can agree with that. I think right now, part of that team and that's the only reason that they're still in the top 10 now in their last in their last 10 games they've been five and five so going on a two-game win streak has helped but at the same time you're looking at the top and what's funny is when you look at the top seven teams they're the only few who have gone at least in their last 10 above 500 the Nets have gone in their last 10, 2 and 8. The Hornets in their last 10 have gone 1 for 9. And the Hawks are at 5 and 5, which is cutting it close. Yeah. But is there any team here from the top 10 or even down kind of floating in that possibility realm? Who would be your last team in and who would be the first team out in your? opinion for when the end of the season happens so like do you mean like like who would be that that nine tenth seed who would be that tenth seed right now and i'm hoping the hawks turn things around i think the hornets will be the tenth seed and then they'll just flip-flop with the hawks okay i can see that as long as you know Atlanta stays on that and Charlotte's been struggling too. And or what the or Wizards Brooklyn. 
uh, or Brooklyn. Because, and like we've talked about, without KD, you only have Kyrie variably, and then Simmons, who I can only think hasn't done anything with his game. Yeah. So, who knows with that situation. So, going from the East to the West, this is where you kind of see a real watershed moment because think about this the 10th seed for the west is 25 and 34 the 10th seed for the east is 28 and 30 i want i want you to let that sink in for a minute that for i think the first time in a while, the east has more above 500 winners than the West, which is astonishing. It's just disappointing. Because right now, I mean, granted, so we go to the West. Phoenix has been phenomenal. They're 48 and 10. They're leading the West by a mile and a half. Are they, would you, would you say that they're the favorite right now to win it? To win the championship? Yes. No. The reason I say that? The Suns, they made it. They know what the uh, championship experience is like. The Warriors, they have a playoff team. They may not have a seasonal team. They may not be first, but they have a playoff team. And that's who I predict will go to the finals. Okay. I like that. It'll be interesting to see. So, like we said, Phoenix and Golden State are at the top two. Uh, Memphis right behind at the three spot. Now, granted, they were have they they're a team, and we and I've talked and I've said this before. They're a great regular season team. But yes, and I say but they're not a deep run playoff organization. They've had great regular season teams by far. It was the same with the Hawks one year. They were a great back. I believe it was right around the time that the big three were in Miami. It was, they were a dominant team. Memphis was strong in the regular season, but when it came, and it was also the time when there was the big three in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. It was just, they're not, the depth and the star power on that team, it's not durable. Memphis yeah. is a great they're 41 and 19 right now. Strong. They're third. They're sitting at third. They're last great and two. Beautiful. But I want people to understand I'm not rooting against Memphis. I'm going by what they've done in the past. They have been a fantastic regular season team, but they have not shown the consistency to be a championship contender. Now, could they do it with John Morant? Yes, but they've also been doing well without him. They went a whole stretch where they were still winning without him. They were just not – they were having other players take shots. John Moran, on average, takes about, what, 15 to 20 shots a game at least, right? Yeah. So even if you had his shots or not, they would still be, I would say, in the middle of the pack. They would be a 4-5 seed. Not bad, but being realistic, they're not – they haven't shown in the past that they're a championship team. That's why I feel, in my in my personal opinion, power rankings are inflated because you're not look you're looking at what they are at now. You need to look at what they do in the playoffs because playoff basketball is so much different. Regular season, you could coast and you could make the playoffs. Once playoffs hits, that's when all seriousness goes through. Yeah, playoffs no is where joke. it counts. It ain't no joke. But. I'm not, and like I said, I'm not rooting against Memphis. I think we just need to see how they do, especially if they have home court, who they play. If they play a team like Dallas, I could see them winning, but they're not going to be in a seven-game series. They are not going to beat the Warriors, and they are not going to beat the Suns. That's I would just, argue they wouldn't even beat the Jazz either. That's just not going to happen. The Jazz 
have been okay, but when they traded Joe Ingles, they lost a shooter. Yeah, that's what's going to... At fourth, at 36 and 22, and their last 10 is six and four, they're struggling with injuries. They're struggling with chemistry. So they're doing okay. But like we said, Utah was a top seed last year. They were what? They were number one. Yeah, they were one. And they couldn't do it. So, like we said, there are teams who show out in the regular season, but they are not playoff teams. The Warriors have playoff DNA. They have championship DNA. The Suns have finals experience. Granted, I don't think anybody predicted the Suns to be there, but they were there. And even the Lakers at the ninth seed now, they have championship experience. The team they have now, yeah, but with them sitting at 27 and 31 and their last 10 is 3 and 7, I don't like it. Yeah, me either. And five, rounding out the top five and six, you have Dallas and Denver. Dallas has been doing well, especially since they, they got rid of the unicorn. They picked up Dinwiddie. They picked up another great shooter. They're sitting at seven and three right now in their last 10, heading to the All Star break. 13 and a half games back of the top spot. They're in a five. They're in a 5-4 split where they could still work their way to get home court advantage at least through the first round. But Dallas is, is just like – Dallas to me is just like the Hawks in a sense that they would not be where they are at without Luka for the, for the Mavericks. And the Hawks wouldn't of be worse now without Trey. That's just it. And it's sad, just, to, sad to say it. Uh, go ahead. But go ahead. You go ahead. I already finished, but go ahead. Oh, um, honestly, I think the Mavericks are going to be a first-round exit again. Because I just think Luka has so much pressure on him because, uh, like you said, He's carrying the Mavericks. He has so much pressure on him that he'll just choke. Right. And then going through, you have Denver, you know, the Joker, you know, he's trying to do it himself, but he's not. That team is just slowly crumbling. It's slowly crumbling. Minnesota, I feel they can move that push to six and get out of the play-in tournament. And then I still don't know why the Clippers and the Lakers and even the Blazers, they have not. The entire city of L.A. is, gosh, I can't even Falling to pieces. It's just that other than, you know, the Rams winning the title, that's the only reason that L.A. has not. (laughs) The Staples Center has not. Well, I can't call it the Staples anymore. It's the Crypto.com Arena. Yeah. It blows my mind. Should have stayed the simple standard. It should have. And then rounding out top 10, you have Portland. 25 and 34. The only reason that they're even remotely relevant is because of Dame, Damian Lillard. But in my personal opinion, I think the Spurs and maybe even the Pelicans could make that late push after the All-Star break and could move the Blazers out and could even move the Lakers out. But the Lakers need to push. The Clippers could definitely not make it because oh, right no now they have anybody. There's no way. Because do they even have Paul George still? Like, is he in He's here? out. He's out. Him and Kawhi are out. So I have no idea how they're still There's winning. no hope for them. And I don't think there's hope for the Lakers either. Even though they have a super team, they're not working like a team. They're not, and it and it hurts to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how big of an impact everything else goes because I would be excited to see how you know it all goes down, how yeah. what shift goes. So this weekend's the big weekend. It's All Star Weekend. It's fun. It's it's also One time of my to favorite see some, weekends. It's also time to see some great competition. So 
Uh, we do have tonight, I think it's the Celebrity Game, which is always fun. I wish I could play, be in it. But I'm not that big of a celebrity yet, guys. We need to work. Yeah. Um, but we also have, you know, the rookies, the Rising Stars tournament, which is odd that they would do a tournament instead of just the Rising Stars game. Wait, it's not the game? It's not. What they've done is they've done it in a tournament style where there are four teams of seven. And they play to a limit, like an Elam. Why? They thought that it would be more competitive that way, but I feel it doesn't make a difference. I um, think they just should keep the one game between all should, the Rising Stars. They should have. Um, and not really going to go where that goes, but then we have a, a fun one, the three-point contest. So our competitors for the three-point contest include Luke Kennard, Patty Mills, Trey Young, Fred VanVleet, Desmond Bain, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum, and Carl Anthony Towns. Who who you got? Who who's your favorite? I want Trey to win. He's one of my favorites in the NBA right now. But honestly, I could see Patty Mills winning. You think Patty Mills could do it? I think he can. I like, mean, I I'm I, I know Patty can shoot. And so could Trey, but I think we're all forgetting how lights out. I mean, how Fred Van Vliet can shoot, Zach, all of them can shoot. Uh, I mean, CJ can shoot, but he hasn't been. I don't know. I might go. I might go either Trey or Fred. I just think Patty because he's been so consistent with shooting this season. I might go. I might go Fred Van Vliet. So you go Patty Mills, and I'll go Fred VanVleet. We'll see who wins. I can see Fred. But I'll go Fred VanVleet. All right. Next up, we have the Slam Dunk Contest. We have Jalen Green, Obi Topin, Cole Anthony, and Juan Toscano-Anderson. I'm going Jalen Green. I'm going Obi Toppin. Really? I think he's going to win it. I think Jalen Green has been putting a show out there in as far as dunks. And the fact that you have this is a the this year I have never seen so much youth at this. This is like a rookie year's M dunk contest. Well that's what they did last year too. They had rookies do the slam dunk contest. And I think it made it more this year. fun, but I still am upset that they never asked LeBron to do the slam dunk contest. I think he could have done it. And then the skills challenge, but it's now with teams, which they ha- they've done three teams. So you have team rookies with Barnes, Cunningham, and Giddy. You have team Cavs, which make up the Cavs. You have Jared Allen, Darius Garland, and Evan Mobley. And then you have the uh, team Antetokounmpo, Featuring all of the brothers. <laughs> so, I want to pick Team Antetokounmpo because why not? Yeah. I mean, it could happen, but even, I mean, the Cavs, you know, that's all of them together. I mean, but I, I don't I don't believe in the rookies. I mean, the Cavs could, but the brothers, I mean, oh. Who would you pick? I want the brothers to win, but I, the- I just think the Cavs will win. You think the Cavs will win? Because they have Jared Allen, and Darius, and who else is on the team? Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, yes. All and play they- different positions. Like, uh, the Giannis, they-, they play the same position, right? No. I mean, some of them are power forward. Some of them are small forward, and I believe – but they're like bigger guys. They're like they're forwards or a guard forwards. Yeah, Darius, he's your shooter. He's the uh, point guard, center guard, or shooting guard. Um, Jared Allen, he's center, right? Yes. Yes, he's your center. 
and Mobley's just in the middle. Like, they have a perfect balance. And then the last one, the big one, the All-Star game. Yes. Team LeBron is the favorite. And they do have a stacked team without with Team Durant and without Durant. Who are you picking? Definitely Team LeBron. There's no question. All right. So it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. Um, Yes, it will. But all right, guys. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have our one-on-one Hooper profile with college basketball star Samuel Ubazuno. Ubazonu, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hoopjack Podcast Series, guys. And today for our one-on-one Hooper profile is college basketball star Samuel Ubazuno. Sam, it's great to have you on. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. So, so how's uh 2022 been for you so far with um, kind of still everything? Oh man, 2022 has been amazing. Um, basketball-wise, you know, I've just been training, trying to get back into it at the collegiate level. I've also been playing, you know, planning on playing in a few professional combines. I recently just played in the, um, the Red Bull 3X tournament with a few of my former college teammates for a chance to become, to compete in the 2024 Olympics. Um, I have this new business called, well, business slash brand called Raw and Cut. It's a clothing line. Um, that's kind of, you know, building momentum. And, you know, I've just had some more time to spend some time, you know, with my friends, families, and loved ones. So, so far, you know, I've been fortunate to have a really good start to a 2022. That's good to hear about the Red Bull three-on-three tournament. And then we'll also come back to Grand Raw and Uncut. But talk to me about your basketball journey. Um, I did see that you grew up in New York, but were you you weren't originally from New York, are you? Uh, No, I went to school in New York for college. But from high school, I actually did grow up in Durham, North Carolina. And then from high school, my basketball career, I played at Bull City Prep Academy. That's one of the top prep schools in the nation. Um, I remember playing against teams like Oak Hill Academy, Huntington Prep, um, Word of God Christian Academy, which is John Wall's um, old high school, and just many other elite players. And then in AAU, I played for United Celtics, and I played a few tournaments for Team Loaded NC. So in terms of, you know, from high school, I played against a lot of elite level competition. So you've had so you from what you're you've had experience not only playing against some of the top talent in the country, but kind of learning to see the kind of level of play that you want to become. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Um, were there any like big names that you can remember that you remember playing against, whether it was high school or even the AAU circuit? Uh, yeah, um, a lot of big names actually. Um. A few that come to mind were a few kids that were in my uh, graduating class of 20, uh, 2016, which are um, from AAU in high school. I remember playing with and against um, Dennis Smith Jr. His dad, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Dennis Smith Sr., was actually my assistant uh, coach back in high school at Bull City Prep. Um, I remember playing against um, Miles Bridges when he was at Huntington Prep, uh, playing against Harry Giles um, when he was at Oak Hill and uh, Wesleyan Christian Academy. Um, I remember playing against guys like Quay Parker, guys like Jerome Robinson, and um, many other guys, um, even guys like Bam Adebayo when he was with Team Loaded and uh, back at High Point Christian Academy. Played against guys like him and just many other guys. Like So, yeah, I played against a lot of elite-level competition, guys in the league, guys overseas, and some guys that are still D1 or, you know, still their um, collegiate careers. And that had to be a great experience learning from them and even playing against them just to see how their game grew, but even how your game can always grow. Of course, of course. It was, it was always a learning experience, but in the day, it was also, it, it was a challenge, but it was also fun. I never, I never backed down from many challenge. You know, I, I did hold my own. They, they held their own. So it was always, you know, it was always something. It was always a show. And you, and pretty much from, how you're talking and how you know you've always been a competitive athlete you must have been taking basketball competitively at a very young age um kind of I didn't really start taking basketball seriously until I would say my sophomore year of high school when I was about like 16 years old 
I started playing AAU. Yeah, I started playing AAU at 16. So it was just like I got to the scene kind of later than everybody else. So I had to develop at a later pace. But luckily, right. I was kind of able to catch back up now that I'm in college. Right. But I mean, people start early, people start late. It just depends on how much work you put in. Oh, yeah, of course. Most definitely. And after high school and your AAU runs, you started uh, your college. Well, you started college at Erie Community College, but you didn't weren't playing basketball at Erie, right? I was playing basketball, but I was a red shirt. Okay. I came in kind of when I came into Erie, I was just like a really skinny, scrawny kid. So the coach and I decided that, you know, it'd be best for us to, just, you know, take a year off and let me, you know, get my body to, you know, a, co- a collegiate body, basically. Right. So you took the time to just you went to the, you went to the gym. You were trying to put on, I know, gain weight, build muscle, because I even seen kids now who are in college. And I'm like, we got to get that kid a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Cause- because um, you're right, because si- size, especially at a position, because for how tall, tall, if you're taller, you need to be at least bigger for that, you know, if you're wanting to play a post game to kind of make sure you can hold down the post, hold down that area versus a guard who, you know, has to stay out on the wing. But how did you, like, I'm guessing you had a hard regimen workout routine every day. You were working on arms, legs. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And core too, and uh, hip mobility, working to open up my hips, working on core. Um, the core was sort of like you know that prevents back injuries and just you know other injuries and you know it also prevents it also helps you finishing strong at the rim, and then hip mobility that increases you know obviously my vertical and just you know me being able to move more fluidly. Right. So after redshirting at Erie, you transferred to Columbia Green Community College, where you got some playing time there uh how did that feel kind of playing in the juco uh the junior college circuit um the junior college circuit was it was one of the most eye-opening humbling experiences ever because it was just you know in juco it's, it's like a different brand of basketball if that makes sense it's like it's basketball but it's like everyone's there trying to get their own so yeah you're playing team ball but like you know Juco is two years, so people trying to like get out of Juco. So in Juco, the mindset is kind of like sink or swim. So it's just, you know, it's a different, you know, level of basketball, different style. So it was just all an eye opening experience. But I, you know, I'm a firm believer that if anyone can, you know, win or play the Juco level or last the Juco level, you can last at any level. Because in my personal opinion, like the things that come with Juco, you know, you have to deal with more than just basketball. You got to deal with obviously, you know, school, having a social life you know, going to class and then living off of campus. If you're, you know, if your Juco doesn't have dorms, you got to find a way to get to school. You got to find a way, you know, to have money for food because, you know, Juco's don't have meal plans. So it's all just like a struggle and a grind. But like, I truly believe, you know, if you can, if you can tough it out, then you will last anywhere, in my opinion. Right. And like you said, it's being a student athlete. It's, it's, it's a job in and of itself. Trying to just maintain everything. Classwork and practice yes sir yes sir so after columbia green community college uh you made it out of juco were you still were you still in like the juco circuit or were you oh no more... i i transferred to a four-year i went to central penn uh, college in uh, harrisburg pennsylvania D- uh, division two school okay so you went up to you know i know we've talked to some division two even division three athletes um and I, I played Division two, not basketball, but, you know, the comp- competition is good wherever yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, but especially Division two, there's some hidden hidden gems right there. So how did that kind of feel playing in the Division two of NCAA? Uh, if it was challenging and it was very I mean, every day in practice, I was guarding guys that, you know, were high level players because um, that year it was a 2018, 2019 season. We had at least six to seven guys on the roster that, you know, had transferred in from Division One schools previously, like the previous year before, or had or had um had been at Division One schools. So I had to I had guarded guys in practice every day, you know, with Division One experience. And then we even played a few Division Ones as well on, you know, like Davidson, Elon, and then played some really high level D twos. 
So every day in practice, you know, we would always get after it. It was always competitive. And I had some great, I had some really, really great teammates. Um, I'm going to shout out a few, um, one of, a few of them being um, Daryl Green, um, Nathaniel Felipe, uh, uh, Jarrell Edwards, um, Jaleel Gary, uh, what's his name, Joel Zola, and uh, many others. And always, also uh, Randy DuPont, really great guys. And um, a few, uh, two other guys, um, Keon Green and uh, Kenny, uh, I forgot his last name, but my boy Kenny, he'll, he'll hear the interview. Who knows who he is? Right. And it's good that you had, you kind of kept that close relationship with the guys that you were with, guys playing against. You know, it's good to have that kind of core where you can learn from them and they'll always have your back no matter what. Of course, of course. And I'm, I'm really appreciative for those guys because it's just, you know, those guys, when it came to practice or performance, it's like those guys that I mentioned, they've all played at a high level or are playing at a high level right now. So those guys, you know, they're, you know, they don't take any BS from anybody. So those guys every day, like, you know, they would always tell me the harsh truth to my face, whether I wanted to hear it or not. And they always held me accountable and always, you know, made sure I was, you know, pulling my own weight. So, you know, I'm very thankful for those guys too. And like, after practice, those guys were, you know, they would be in the gym with me, helping me putting in more work or helping me improve. So it's just, you know, it takes a village, if that makes sense. Right. And while still competing at the college level, you've done some outside work to kind of improve, whether whether it's playing in the Red Bull 3v3 or even the overseas combine. Um, talk to me about those experiences and how, you know, it's helped you grow as a player. Um, those experiences were really great, actually, because um, the overseas combine, um, in all honesty, I never really had any intentions of joining it. But um, my former college teammate from Central Penn, um, Jarrell Edwards, when the, you know when the pandemic had first hit, um, everyone's you know college season kind of got shut down, so the plan of going back to school was kind of looking slim to none at the time. So uh, my boy Jarrell texted me saying, you know, I should play in this combine and see how it goes. So at that at that very time, I didn't think I was good enough yet to participate. So apparently, long story short, he, you know, he had encouraged me, said, yo, just, you know, just try out, see how it goes and let me know how it goes. So surprisingly, I went to the combine. I held my own. I did. I performed much better than expected. And, as, you know, I did get offered a few contracts from those combines that I played in. But it's just, you know, me personally, I just didn't feel like I was good enough yet to make that jump to go pro. I still feel like I need some more experience under my belt, or like a better feel for the game at the collegiate level before making the jump to go pro. And then the Red Bull 3, uh, 3X tournament, uh, my two teammates for that was uh, Jarrell Edwards and uh, Daryl Green. Um, we played in that for an opportunity to win a cash prize and then, you know, try and punch our tickets to um, the 2024 Olympics 3 on 3 tournament for basketball. Uh, the name of our team was I is We. Um, it was a it was a really challenging experience for us because um, it wasn't challenging, but it was a, it was a good experience because um, we played against some guys that were actually currently pros, and then we played the team that we lost to twice was um, forgot the name of the team, but apparently like they had won a gold medal recently for the three on three tournament um for the twenty twenty Olympics, so we played against some great competition, and it was all just you know a really great experience. I was able to, you know, boost my stock with that and, you know, get more notoriety. And then basketball-wise, that kind of helped me out as well because, you know, it helped me get attention from more, like, you know, collegiate-level schools. So everything kind of just worked itself out. So you have doors there for when the time comes. You jump at that opportunity to whether it's overseas, the G League, anything possible at this point for you. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. And – with college athletes now profiting off of brands, you know, names, likenesses, jersey sales, um, you've actually taken a big step in being a brand ambassador for multiple groups and even having your own brand. Um, and we'll talk about your brand first, which is, you work with Boosted Biz and your brand's Raw and Uncut. Yes, sir. Uh, how did you come up with Raw and Uncut? Uh, Raw and Uncut? Um, as I was coming off of the name, it was more so like, um, it's more so just like, you know, for everyone, just like to, a way to for a way to just, you know, include everyone. 
so no one can feel left out. Because um, Ron and Cut is just basically, you know, for people that are not ashamed to be their natural, true selves, or people that are true to who they are, people that, you know, they don't care what other people think about them or how other people feel about them, as in they live in their truth and they, you know, they walk in their truth. So that's kind of like the whole meaning behind Ron and Cut. It's more like a broader spectrum where people can fit in. And and, and the uh, the logo for Ron and Cut is a, a diamond, you know, Ron yeah. and Diamond, which, you know, no rough uh, no rough edges. Yeah. Smooth and everything works. So I like it. it sounds yeah. like it fits you and how you want to, you know, mold yourself as thank, a player. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um some other other uh brands worked for include open sponsorship, which I've looked into. It's um kind of you're working with other with outside people if you i'm not so sure but I, I try to you know read more into it but it was kind of difficult unless you know what to, what's about open sponsorship so open sponsorship is kind of like what kind of like helps you know athletes whether it be you know collegiate athletes or professional athletes be put in front of you know brands that are looking for athletes to help represent them or market them or be a brand ambassador and then if you meet the requirements that the certain you know brands or companies are looking for you have a better chance of being selected. So through open sponsorship, you know, I've been able to represent them. And then they've been able they've been able, um, able to help me out by, you know, putting me and recommending me to other brands to help, you know, you know, sponsor, you know, sponsor them or have them sponsor me and then, you know, get some more recognition and stuff like that. Right. And I also see that you have worked with you were working with Title Sport which I see is a recovery cryotherapy kind of healer for athletes. Um, how did you get involved with title sport? Uh, so apparently um, over the summer, uh, I, this past summer of 2021, uh, title was kind of looking for an elite level athlete, you know, that been there, played at the high level and like takes sports recovery seriously. So I reached out, I, I showed title my pitch I told them why I felt like I could be the best candidate to help represent them. They saw my resume, they saw my credentials, they loved what they saw, and then they chose me to be, you know, the athlete they wanted to help, you know, represent title and push title and promote title on my, you know, on my social medias, whether it be the products or whether it just be, you know, the recovery itself. So in return for that, title has been, you know, has blessed me with, you know, stuff like headphones, you know, free title gear like hats hoodies free uh title recovery sprays and recovery creams so i've been very blessed to you know been to been fortunately picked to work with title and the last one that you're working with right now is called greens plus which is a superfood company a rebuilt like vitamin mineral company how did um what's kind of their mission and how did you get involved with it <coughs> Uh, Greens Plus is um, a company that kind of encourages a healthy lifestyle and healthy living, more so based around like, you know, natural stuff like plant-based foods and, you know, plant-based, you know, chocolates and stuff like that, just natural stuff. So um, apparently Greens Foods was looking for athletes to help represent the company at the time. So I would say around like maybe August of 2021, I, um, I was on a three-month, you know, a three month journey of being a plant-based athlete at the time. So I was completely plant-based. Everything I was eating or drinking was just completely came from plants. So that kind of helped my stock a little bit when I had, you know, introduced my pitch to Greens Plus and then being an elite level athlete and then seeing my, you know, them seeing my resume and then them seeing what I could also do for them in return as a company. They, they loved it. They thought it was a match. And then there it was. So, and they told me what to do in terms, you know, in terms of the advertisement and stuff and the sponsorships. So it just all worked out on both ends. And I'm, I'm, th I'm thankful for that. And that's good to hear that you're putting your name out there for every single one of these brands um, and including your own. And I wish you the best of luck with your brand, specifically raw and uncut. I see that, you know, business is growing and especially you know once doors open for you whether it, like we like i said overseas or even the g league uh brands will just be head over heels for the opportunities that you have worked hard for thank you thank you i really appreciate that uh no problem 
And my last question to you, uh, and I enjoy asking this question because it's I love hearing the different viewpoints from every athlete, especially basketball players. What advice would you give to a high school basketball player wanting to play at the college level? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, my advice is kind of like three things, but I'll make it quick. First is, you know, never give up. Second is don't let anybody outwork you. And then three is if you can, you know, if you can work hard, see it and believe it, and you can definitely achieve it. Those some, are my three things. Some great three points. I don't think I could think anything better than that. Um, uh, Sam, thanks again for taking the time to come on the show. I wish you the best of luck at either Gordon or Fisher College, wherever you decide to finish college career at, and whatever opportunities you have after college. I wish you the best of luck. I really appreciate you, and thank you. No problem. And guys, make sure to check out as well Raw and Uncut on Boosted Biz. His page is on Instagram, I believe, correct? Uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Link is my bio. All right. So make sure to check out Sam and his journey along the way. So we'll be right back with more Hoop Jack. All right, guys. And we are back. So I want to thank Sam for taking the time to come on the show and make sure to check him out. I'm looking forward to seeing his how career, his career goes. He check out all the brands he works with, including his own personal brand with Boosted Biz, Raw and Uncut. Everything helps, guys. His brand, our brand. Check it out. All right. So now we've come to a fun little segment where it's our Dano's Deep Thought. If you haven't tried Dano's seasoning yet, it is D- Dano Might. Dano's delicious. So make sure to check it out. Use our code. Even check it out. Check out the recipes that they have because they are amazing. But we're going to get into our deep thoughts. So I was looking through kind of just Facebook scrolling through and something popped up. So Lids did a survey where they were finding out where the top selling NBA players jerseys are uh, out of, you know, their stores. And what's interesting is more than half the country, including my state, has the top-selling NBA players jersey is LeBron James in the majority of the states. Um, Let's see. Arizona, right? Where are you from, Jack? I'm from New Mexico. Okay, New Mexico is actually also LeBron James. Go figure. Uh, Arizona is Steve Nash. Not surprising. Or- Oregon is Damian Lillard. Also not surprising. Uh, Montana is Yao Ming. No way. Yeah, Montana is Yao Ming. That's weird to think. Uh, North Dakota and Hawaii are Kobe Bryant. Not surprising. South Dakota is Michael Jordan and so is Illinois. Yeah, it's also not surprising. Um, entire state of Detroit, oh, the entire state of Michigan is Grant Hill, and Wisconsin is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, not surprising. Maine and West Virginia are Vince Carter jerseys. I mean, uh, it's surprising, what? but not at the it, same that, time. It's it's surprising that Maine and West Virginia. Or Vince Carter. When he went to North Carolina, right? Yeah, he went to North Carolina. Uh, And I'm surprised North Carolina is not Michael Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, I think that'd be Michael Jordan. Um, Georgia's Trey Young. And I can't figure out the state next to it. I'm really bad with my geography. Uh, Let me get a map. This is is why, kids, you got to stay in school. (laughs) Stay in school. Let me look. My geography is pretty good. Um, My geography is atrocious. Uh, oh, oh, Alabama. The state of Alabama has Mike Bibby. That's his most popular jersey. Wow. Uh, let's see. The state of Delaware? Is that Delaware? Yeah, Delaware is Michael Jordan as well. Go figure. Uh. Massachusetts is Jason Tatum. Not surprising at all. Uh, and Arkansas is Scotty Pippen. Hmm. 
which he actually is from Arkansas. Oh well, not surprising. So, I mean, in my if you had to if you had to rebrand like New Mexico, and mine being Virginia, would you keep LeBron as your top selling NBA players jersey, or would you change it if you had no, that change? I hate LeBron. So I, okay. I absolutely hate LeBron. So who would you replace for top selling NBA players jersey? Because I feel Kobe should have been higher. Yeah, I think I would choose Kobe. Kobe or Jordan? I would choose Kobe over LeBron. I mean, LeBron's had a great career, but just recently it's been I mean, Kobe had some bad years. He he but he was hurt too. And I think we do put more pressure on LeBron just because, you know, it's who he is. Yeah. But I would have put Kobe in more states than just two. I just don't like LeBron. Like, I'd like that he's on the Lakers and he's helping them, but I just never liked him. Define help. Well, a saying just define help because I don't he's see still it. Right. More than Westbrook. He won a championship with LA, but that was like, you know, the Mickey Mouse finals, the Mickey Mouse yeah. Bowl. But, um, I mean, once AD's hurt, Westbrook really isn't doing anything. He's kind of just, he's their manager at this point. So, what's interesting is 2K updated their player ratings. And I don't know if you saw this, but I want you to get Westbrook's NBA 2K rating right now. Without looking. Uh, 88? I'll give you three guesses. Uh, lower. 85. Lower. Wow. Uh, 82. The correct answer is 79. That is funny. His 2K rating has dropped to 79 due to... Due to what I can only imagine is his play. That is absolutely hysterical. He took, it's probably one of the biggest hits he's ever had in his career, other than, you know, his time, somewhat of his time in Oklahoma City, but 79 is bad. For Russell Westbrook, like, okay, see, Westbrook was a 90 and above player, in my opinion. Like, he was a solid player. He was. But to go to 79. I know. Especially wearing that Lakers uniform. I don't like that. I know. And then one more thing before we head to our um, mindful moment. Uh, let me see. I just saw it. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are in a aggressive pursuit to land uh the dragon Goran Dragic after his buyout with the Spurs do you think if the Bucks add him do you see that as an improvement for the team I see it as a slight improvement like not huge not bad just another person added to the team I think he would be good as far as a pass first guard he yeah. doesn't score, but he can find the open man. 100%. I mean, and he can shoot, too. Grant you not, he can shoot. But, um, yeah, guys, so that's been our Dano's Deep Thought. And make sure, again, to go check out Dano's. You can check out our, on our link tree. Make sure to use our code HoopJack. And check out all the great recipes and the great work that Dano's does for the community. So check it out. And last but not least, we have our my mindful moment segment. We it's not no longer going to be called the Pure Recovery Mindful Moment because that company has gone belly up. So, fish sticks. Is so, it just the mindful moment now? It's just going to be it's going to be what it's always been. It's still our mindful moment. Um, kind of how do we reflect? And my mindful moment is, um. Right now, working in a profession where it's, you know, with 
teachers and burnout and you know a lot going on right now just and I learned and I figured out today just take the time to make time for yourself make time for yourself to let you let yourself know that everything is meant to happen for a reason and to also just spend time with family spend time with loved ones you know go for a walk read a book, play some video games, you know, go, go out to eat, go see a movie, do something, go hang out with friends, you know, don't yeah. kind of dwell on something that either you can't fix or it's not as important as you think it is. Just take the time for yourself because your family and your friends will always be there for you. Just work is work. Anybody can find work. But at the end of the day, just take the time for yourself. Can you make sure we take care of our mental health, guys? Um, Jack, what about you? Uh, so recently on the basketball team I've been playing for for my school, we've had a rough season. Like, we have yet to win a game, and we're almost in the tournament. So, and a bunch of my guys I've been talking to, I've just been overhearing them, like, I just don't like this coach. I just don't want to show to practice. Don't want to go to games. And it doesn't matter how much you dislike your coach, dislike your team. Always show up for your team. Because showing up for your team is the most important thing in sports. You don't want to leave them behind. You want to go through the battles with them. You run through the hard teams the hard times and you just want to do as much as you can with them because you'll look back on it and see the values you got from it. That's absolutely right. Because you just want to be there just for support. You want to make sure that you show that you care because, because uh, people see that you might not win a lot, but if you just show that you care, it goes a long way. Yeah. Oh, I respect that. All right, guys. So that's going to be it. Another episode of the Hoop Jack podcast series. And just a quick uh, info. I know people have noticed that we do have a new logo. Yes, it looks kind of it looks interesting. People might have been asking, hey, when did you all change your logo? Well, we officially have a legitimate, you know, it's mine logo. We don't have to. I haven't even seen it. So it's. It's uh, it looks ex almost exactly like the one that we've had before, except you know, text is a little bit different. The logo looks a little bit different, but it's. I enjoy you know the basketball colors. I enjoy you know, it might be orange and red, or even orange and a little bit of you know tropical everything in black. But I love I love it, and we've updated our brand. Hopefully, we can continue to keep going. We're almost at three hundred follower mark on instagram help us keep growing and recently just uploaded another video on youtube kind of showing everyone who we've had on the show and what you're missing out on so if you have youtube go check it out go check out who we've had on the show just to give you an idea of hey you know i want to hear their story i want to hear what they're all about i want to hear their journey in the basketball world so make sure to click Click on YouTube, head over to Hoopjack. It's our latest video. And you can also see the work I've used I've done before with, you know, when I was in college and how we got to here. So make sure to check it out. Tree and the link for everything else. And if you ever want to the channel, I have left the my little Cash App thing on the Instagram page. And we are eventually going to be working with getting merch out so be on the lookout there will be a post uh, i can't wait for it to be out I can't wait for people to rock the hoop jack swag and we're working on more ideas for the future working on more interviews so be ready for that uh i want to thank jack for taking the time i know he is doing the best he's doing a great job filling in for uh replacing my man jake but i couldn't ask for another for a much better new co-host who has the talent that he does so jack thanks again for coming and working with me man
nah, it's been fun. Um, and we got more in tune, guys. So be on the lookout for more episodes, more fun. And remember, don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace.